This Lent, we're going deeper at St. Michael. We're going deeper into the reality of our humanity. We're going deeper into the need for our grace. We're going deeper into trust. And we're going deeper into fellowship with one another. We're going deeper this Lent. And that means that we will find pain as well as plenty. In any Christian conversation about suffering, we must begin with God's promises. If we don't begin with God's loving intention, then the hardships we experience along the way will have no context and no redemptive purpose. We begin with God's promise. God did not create us for suffering. God created us for life and to have life more abundantly. But part of life is pain. Learning to love hurts, sometimes to the point of death. But even in death, we find God's promise because Jesus conquered death and made all things new. There's nowhere we can go apart from God's promise, not even the darkest places of our lives. In today's lessons, we're reminded of God's promises to Abram and Sarai and Jesus and how these promises fueled every choice they made in their life, even in the midst of pain and adversity. In the 14th chapter of Genesis, before today's lesson, when Abram was younger, he performed a great military feat. His nephew had been kidnapped, as well as townspeople and kinsfolk, and Abram went and defeated the armies that had done this, returned his nephew, returned the people, returned the goods to their places. And so he became renowned and respected in his region. And soon after this event, the Lord appeared to Abram, made a covenant with him, and promised that he would become the father of many nations. We know it so well. This is one of those core narratives of our faith. Now it's the 17th chapter of Genesis. Abram is 99 and still has no children by his wife, Sarai. They must wonder if God's promise will be fulfilled. Infertility is a unique kind of suffering, which some in this parish can attest to. Nevertheless, God comes to Abram again at this late date, renews the covenant, and assures him that he will be the father of many nations. And as a sign of this promise, God does something remarkable and changes their names. In the Hebrew scripture, names matter and name changes matter more. Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai becomes Sarah. And this may not be a big deal to us and to our ears, but the change is significant. In each case, in each name, by adding a single Hebrew character, the same one, the name changes from a singular possessive reality to a plural universal reality. For example, whereas Sarai means my strength, Sarah means strong or ruling many. Whereas Abram suggests a nation's private strength, Abraham reflects the strength that arises from collaboration among nations. God's promise then is not just for Abraham and for Sarah, but for people and nations yet to come. And that is significant. The choices we make in our life, we have no idea how they will impact future generations. And so the following year, Isaac is born and God's promise is fulfilled. In Mark, 
Jesus is clear about what God is calling him to do and about the path he must take. It will involve suffering. It will involve death. It will involve a brutal death. And he's clear with his disciples about this. But Peter, early in his faith, not understanding God's promise, not understanding what God intends to do in Jesus's life, pulls Jesus aside in friendship and says, basically, this must never happen to you. Stop talking like this. But Jesus rebukes Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. How often do we do that in our lives? Setting our mind on earthly things. Jesus continues then with the other disciples just in case we didn't get it. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This is a way of life. The way of love involves pain. But Jesus is so confident in the love of God that he's not afraid to die. Jesus understands that if he can be faithful with the gift of his life, God will be faithful beyond his understanding. Our presence here today is proof of God's promise in Jesus Christ. I know that life is hard for some of you today. I know that some of you have experienced pain that cannot be described in words. Some of you have children and grandchildren fighting for their lives in the hospital. Some of you have lost loved ones to addiction and suicide. Some of you carry persistent memories of abuse, and some of you are struggling with questions of meaning and purpose. Life in God is abundant, but it is not easy. Please, whatever situation you find yourself in right now, remember this. God knows you. God loves you. God calls you. And God will use everything in your life, even the place of pain, to accomplish divine purpose, not just for you, not just for your family, but for community and generations unknown. I've been thinking about Alexei Navalny this week. Maybe you have too. For those who don't recognize the name, Navalny was a political prisoner in Russia. He spent the last 15 years exposing corruption, leading political opposition, and fighting anti-democratic tendencies. He began life as an atheist, but he converted to the Russian Orthodox Church later in life. His path was not easy. Every time he refused to be silent, he was charged with new and more serious crimes. He was poisoned probably by the security forces of his own country. And most recently, he was transferred to an isolated penal colony in the Arctic Circle where he died nine days ago at the age of 47. In a recent documentary about his life, he had this to say to us. If they decided to kill me, then it means we are incredibly strong. We need to utilize this power to not give up, to remember that we are a huge power. We don't realize how strong we actually are. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing, so don't be inactive. Navalny was a flawed human being. He wasn't perfect. He was like you and me. But that doesn't diminish the effectiveness of his witness. He understood that he was part of something larger than himself. 
He understood that we make choices that have implications for generations to come. And now, paradoxically, as is the case with every dictator and authoritarian regime, his message is being carried forward, not just by his family and supporters, but by people who are committed to freedom and justice. Theodore Parker, a Unitarian minister and abolitionist, wrote a sermon in 1853. Martin Luther King Jr. quoted Parker over 100 years later during the civil rights movement. Listen to what Parker writes in the resonance across eras. Look at the facts of the world. You see a continual and progressive triumph of what is right. I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. But from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. Things refuse to be mismanaged long. Jefferson trembled when he thought of slavery and remembered that God is just. Ere long, all America will tremble. The Civil War began eight years later. Friends, life is hard, personally and collectively at times, but we're not left on our own. Our forebears practiced a kind of faith which we can look at and be encouraged by. We do the same today with God's help through the Father who creates us, the Son who redeems us, the Holy Spirit who strengthens us. We do not act in our own power, but in the power of the one who called us into being. That is why we gather as church week after week to give and receive divine comfort to one another. This is what discipleship is all about, learning how to care for one another in good times and bad. Some of you know I often end this worship service with a blessing. And I think whatever you are facing now in your life, whatever joy or whatever challenge, it's a good way to walk. Life is short. And we have too little time to gladden the hearts of those who walk the way with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you this day and forever. Amen.